Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rob. Today we're going to be t looking at the uh, second appearance of Deadpool. Rob Liefeld's X-Force issue number two. But first, these videos are brought to you by the comic books that we make uh, in stores right now. Jimmy has Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness, uh, where he's creating uh, a continuity amongst uh, 50 years worth of Hulk comics. Going to get the Grand Design treatment in early 2023. And Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Trade paperback is back in stores as we speak, man, back in print. Make sure you get your hands on that sucker. I have Red Room, the Anti-Social Network, and Red Room Trigger Warnings out in the wild. Uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Jimmy, can you lock us in real quick? Uh, is the name of the game. And each of these books completely self-contained. And I'm going to be uh, at the Tokyo Comic Con at the last weekend of uh, November sharing a table with Uncle Jeff Darrow. Come out, see us, say hi if you are in that area. Without further ado, let's jump into things. Jimmy, X-Force number two. You know, off the bat, man, I think we fucked up because, well, you know what? I got a pen right here, and I think the uh, tracing paper is down below you. I think we're going to have us a grand old time with this issue here, Jim. Near and dear to my heart, man. Second appearance of, uh, of Deadpool, like I said, and... As I was reading this, people were coming by, taking a look at these, this comic, and were like, how long is that arm? Where is that guy's <laughs> leg? And I'm like, you don't even know the half of it, because when you crack open the page... I got one other note on the cover. I think this is all reused art. Because ah. I was looking at this cover coming in, and I was like, oh, I kind of like that design. You know, put a big yeah. X on it. It's some graphic symbol. Looks good from a distance. Looks good small. But whenever you look closer, the artwork inside here, I think, is all found artwork. I think I think you are right and onto something. I certainly recognize this image back there in, in this cable and domino corresponds with that. Uh, so cool that you said that because I was imagining Rob Liefeld like using sir prints and things, and I just I don't see it. I can't imagine it. So that makes also you get a good sense. look at the. Uh, this was the part that broke down Rob Liefeld artwork for me, was trying to figure out how these hatched eyes work. Absolutely, man. And it's it's never more abstract than in this issue. One of the things I do have to show off uh, with this is that, like, first off, Jimmy, can you corroborate? Just just put the, hold this comic in your hand, man. <laughs> yeah. How, how well it's, read it's is well that? Read. It's well read. This is what happens with old comics, definitely. Yeah, well done. <laughs> hey, one more note before we dive in. Jim Lee on the Punisher video game oh, art. Yeah. Not the only Jim Lee Punisher video game art. It's true. I, I don't know how big that is for him career-wise, but I mean, like, these video game art ads on, were, were ubiquitous. Straight you up. You know, like, they would be in a lot more comics than the Jim Lee art, you know, drawn comic. Yeah. And I don't know if people were seeing it or not, but I always thought the ads looked really cool for these. There, there's at least one other pose that I remember from these ads. Yeah. And they looked good, and it was Jim Lee, so... Kind of cool, you know, to see Jim Lee advertising art and connected to video games. When he goes to Wild Storm, the video games are a big part of Wild Storm. And I remember when DC picks up Wild Storm and they're doing video game comics, everything I read said those video game comics were the best-selling comics of the year. Sure. But it was outside the direct market. Mm -hmm. So when they would post best-selling books of the year, they were just average books in the direct market. But overall, like, they were top-selling comic books those years. They would be at Babbage's. They would be at um, Suncoast Video. I remember seeing it and that other pose that you're mentioning about the the Jim Lee Punisher that would be on the arcade cabinets too. So you're seeing Jim Lee artwork just going to the arcade. Uh some of his X-Men or I I don't quite rem in my mind's eye I can't 
exactly remember who drew the the cabinet art that was on the X-Men joint. But uh, looking at this color also, there's no doubt that, that that's Paul Mounts doing the color on that, man, with the airbrush and uh, the, the sort of extra filigree that I associate with him. But check this shit out, Jimmy. Page one and two, I have salvaged <laughs> from, from, from a comic that I drew when I was a kid, man, where I was like stealing the beats from from uh, Rob Liefeld. I think I, re I remember reading somewhere that he cribbed uh, some some um, George Perez comic for the pacing of X-Force number one. Right. And it wasn't a pejorative. It wasn't a diss, really. It was just like a fact of the matter whenever it was discussed. So I'm like, okay, well, that's how you do it because I just want to be a penciler. So it's like you have... This is my own character. I call him Swift Spear. And uh, you got your, your dude up on the roof. Well... We know he's on the roof, but you got your guy looking down, so I have a little of that. Uh, you see what he's looking at and where he is in relation to everything, man. So look at that water texture right there, Jimmy. Uh, we have our dude looking down at some dudes at the docks, you know, the standard Canon Films uh, intro. You got your bad guy with the silhouetted figure in the background on top of one of those warehouses, and then the pounce. It's interesting that you're not copying layouts exactly. Right, it's like story beats. Yeah. Or, or I guess it would be layouts, and then you're, you're doing the, the finished art as like the interpretation. Right, like, oh man, I could do this better. By the way, a lot of words. A lot more words than I remembered. When I was going through like what I'm reading this week, I was like, oh, this is a quickie read. Very few words. Fabian uh, earning his money on, on this one. Yeah, try, trying to for sure, man. Uh, one of the other odd pieces, beyond just the hatched eyes, you know, with the Venetian blind shading and stuff. It's the weird, like, double eyebrow thing that, mm -hmm. I, that I start drawing for, for a year or two there because it just kind of, like, looks cool. I'm imagining that that's supposed to be shading, but it really looks like hair coming down. Yeah, I feel like I could pull out... We could, we could already start with our tracing paper because I think what you have, the bottom line's your eye socket, makes sense, and the top one is your pronounced brow. But yeah. on a regular person, the top one is, it's, like, wider. Yeah. But the way it's drawn here, it's just a little bit... Almost it could be Road Warrior face paint. Right. The other piece, though, is in the color. It doesn't really help things because when you talk about face paint, that dark purple, it's everybody has a shiner. Everybody's got uh, black eyes. Now, let's look at the credits box real quick, man. Rob Liefeld, Ideas and Pictures. We interviewed him, and uh, he said, you know, nobody touches my, my, the, my faces on my guys, whatever. Um, there are absolutely a couple Eric Larson inked pages in here. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think they're going to, now that you know that, they're going to stick out like a sore thumb once we get there. And I think those faces are also inked inked by uh, Larson. A lot of Larson lines on, on that stuff. How about this for getting in a fight with your colorist? The, uh, the ink lines are going this way. The color lines are going this way. <laughs> right. so, so about a 90 degree discrepancy there. There's a couple of these things too. And I, I was trying to figure out like... Is this digital coloring? Is this early days? Like, what's going on here? Is it maybe digital color separations? Because there's another instance where we're, we're going to see the inside of letters that aren't, um, I don't Trapped know, selected or, whatever, or something, yeah. that they're filled in like that. And, and that feels like something that comes out of uh, digital. Can I do my first trace of paper piece, though? <laughs> Knock yourself out. Because this is the one that I remember trying to get to wrap my head around when I was a little dude. Yeah, and let me vamp for a minute on the uh, content here. I was reading these monthly and loving them, and it's like you've got a new book here in X-Force, and our first several pages are going to be with virtually new 
new characters. You know, mm -hmm. Deadpool, I guess we saw at the end of New Mutants, but haven't seen much of. Kane, I think this is his introduction. Right. So that was part of the appeal for me when I was reading this stuff is it was like new, new, new. Yes. You know, almost like wrestling. They talk about you got it. People love the new. Now, here's the thing, man. Like, I remember staring at this panel yeah. so much. And uh, up until this reading, because, you know, like when you read critically, like for something that you're going to talk about, you just kind of are paying a little bit more of attention. It helps too, being 30 years later. That's true. But but even for a little while, I, I had pause while I was like looking at this thing. I love seeing the figures broke down in simple shapes like that. Yeah, sure. So what my issue was, like I thought for, for 30 years... Like, I thought that this was Kane's whole leg. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that looks real wonked. You know, like, that just bent so so odd. Um, but it's not. Like, that's Deadpool's leg. It's just like, it's one of those tangents whenever you have that kind of cross-section at, like, a knee. Where you, just something to keep in mind when you're putting your own comics together. Because this is completely the Kane pose. You know, his knee's bent and you don't see the bottom of his feet. Totally. And the extension of that leg is just far out. Page after page of just nonstop fighting, man. Rob Liefeld knew what, what I wanted to look at <laughs> when I was about 11, 12 years old. Man. You and like 900,000 other readers. Look at these wild colors that you just don't see them that often in, in, in comics. Like, the you know, it's still communicating that nighttime stuff. But the problem is, like, leaving the white on the uh, metal, it abuses that. It makes it, it makes it feel like that's just, like, his, his natural color and it's so dark. You know, when you don't get the Venetian blind shading under the eyes, you it's that classic period of the um, squinty kind of sketched eyes that don't have lines that touch. You see um, the absolute kind of Art Adams influence in uh, how, he, how he builds those faces. Definitely. I also think in the color here, you're seeing black mixed in with some of the colors. Like the shadow and the red here, I think is, is adding black to it. You know, it's a tint. Um, I think even same with like hair, because if you look at the hair, it's so dark. Yeah. It's almost weirdly darker than the black ink line. Yeah. And if you look re really, really close, like with the, with the separations, it doesn't look like it's cut out by the Connecticut house of matronly old ladies. Like you don't see the Bende dots. The flow is way smoother. So they definitely are upgrading their systems uh, to, to say the least. Second issue of X-Force, and I believe the second Severed Hand, or, or, or did that Severed Hand happen in, a, in a New Mutants 100? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the first Severed Hand. This may be the first Severed Hand. There's, there's definitely a Severed Hand in, uh, that gets cut off uh, by one of the Mutant Liberation Front dudes. Maybe somebody in the comments exactly remembers. But Power Pose, Kane over top, dude. <laughs> I had this action figure, man, and the hands come off and everything. Everybody a eunuch with this, like, double lighting on the cod piece. Double? There's, there's <laughs> about five lighting uh, areas on there. One thing I love, and there's a couple examples, the weird ink textures. Yes. So behind him, I don't know if that's brush or, like, a wider marker or something like that, mm -hmm. but I like seeing that kind of stuff, and we'll see it again later on with some tree trunks yes. textures. Uh, but I love it. We've said it every time we, we look at Rob Liefeld artwork always let me see Rob Liefeld inking his own pencils. Yeah. And, you know, this is probably some of the, the prime examples of that stuff. Totally, man. Uh, another... And, and also, let me see whoever inking their own pencils. Totally. Not just Rob, but that's your drawing part. You know, I want to see that. Another weird, wild uh, eye thing that Rob would do is just have, like, this little white mm -hmm. tint, this little white, white highlight inside of 
that eye socket and not only did I um, copy this but a whole lot of people copied that you would see a lot of the extreme studios stable would do a little version of that early chap yap and such yeah and I often think like we look at this stuff and people you, you know a lot of people are critical of Rob Liefeld art the problem I, I think because you can see how these eyes you know we talk about that's an eye socket it's just a little stylized or whatever the problem occurs whenever you go, oh, I'm going to learn how to draw eyes from this comic. Sure, it's yeah. the next generation where it really becomes <laughs> abused. Like at this point, I feel like, okay, Rob knows how an eye is built and it's, you know, there's some creative liberty here. It's the, it's the following, it's the learning from comics is where we go wrong. Yes, yes. And man, I have sketchbooks of that wrongness. Totally, man. The proportions, like we really have that super tiny upper body and those extremely long legs, man. But it's so attractive. They just look like fashion drawings. It does. And, and, but... Even as Aeon Flux, like mm -hmm. with these kind of legs, you just want to see them in motion and doing things. You know what? Aeon Flux is a great, that is a great one. I wish I would have thought of it. And I think you see it in the fight, in the opening yeah. fight where there's like legs and limbs flailing everywhere. Totally. Like you get much more of that energy. Here goes some of your, uh, your screen door <laughs> effect. Like Rob just putting manic lines down, just not allowing for there to be just 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 wipe behind his panels here's what's again you're going off the rails now when we start coloring the checkerboard in yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a gradient maybe not a uh, not a checkerboard who is this color is this brian murray no it isn't i i didn't recognize them you brian know that Venkata. name yeah we've we've looked at some comics it's not. pretty wild coloring overall but hey man we're good we're setting a new mood we got a new scene new palette we got the Adirondacks behind us, man. And uh, X-Force is about to do some practice. I feel like in issue one, they just did some practice. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of the same, I think. You know, this is uh, Cable laying things down. Listen, we're practicing, but don't you dare think that I think of you guys as students. This ain't the danger room. We're playing right. for keeps. We're way tougher. Rob getting those money shots in there. Look at that spread, dude. A full body cable, full body feral. I mean, I drew this feral. Yes. And that's what I would do. That was, I said it before in some of the uh, McFarlane uh, artist edition thing where I was buying comics and like looking for the most full bodies because I was in that copy phase whenever you start deciding to become a cartoonist. When Cannonball has his gimmicks on, like those eyes. If you tracing papered those eyes, you've got about, about three eyes in between those two. Yeah. Trying to give Boom Boom some agency, some some toughness, man. And Farrell, she's the hothead, and she's a badass. But Boom Boom's gonna, you know, subdue her in some way. That's all right. These are the thick, thicker lines that I was referring to earlier, and those feel full on like a chisel tip marker to me. Yeah. Yeah. This is also that thing where where Rob probably start blowing up roughs, mm -hmm. and we'll get these hatchings that are so thick and almost like the page is blown up in a way. They, they will refer to Feral as more animal than human later on in this. And I think that uh, Kay Fabian does a good job of that with her captions where like she's talking about them as prey right. and stuff. Yeah, good lettering for her uh, dialogue yeah. also. One of those instances where um, a character has unique speech balloons. It's a good showing for her because she's not a character if you listed the x-force character she might be my least that i'm interested in and yeah. yet here we get to see her go against the team and do pretty well she's tough design like the second um season of of x-men toys was like the rob liefeld season that's where you get your cables and, and your x-forces and stuff i don't think they ever made her a toy 
But almost hmm. everybody else in here, Domino, I don't know if there was a Boom Boom, but... Yeah, Boom Boom would be the other one that in my world is fighting for at least interesting character on the team. Totally. I feel like now we're going to start seeing some different ink inks on display, like some, some corners being cut. Like Rob using those markers that you leave that tip down on the paper for a microsecond too long, you're getting a little dot yeah. of bleed. Yeah, and we've talked about that that as being something I would even emulate. Sure. I love this face. It looks like, uh, I remember reading about Mobius and how the pen tips would wear and then his lines would get heavier. Yeah. And it feels like that for the hatching of that face. So totally. if you're going savage, to me, those lines work real well. They, they feel more inked. It's definitely like a piece like this in understanding comics whenever Scott McCloud is kind of breaking down the, the vibe of, of the style and talking about like the youthful energy Shatterstar. Fighting is what you do. Killing is what I am. <laughs> Shakespeare said that once. Yeah, I think so. We're starting to get into those like wild pieces, man. We're like, let's put five characters in a super tiny panel. Uh, something about this panel like always struck me. It's it's a very like melodramatic spit take or something. Yeah, there's there are parts in this that are. Uh, it feels like editors are keeping certain R-rated violence from being too explicit. Right, like maybe this is a paste up, like blown up That's or something. one, and then this is one, because I think what's happening here is Cable is shooting Feral, you know, the pff, pff, like twice see, with like yeah. tranquilizers or something. No discharge from the gun. There's no apparent play. This is the magic bullet of comics. You're right. You're right, because I feel like Rob doesn't even draw... Like, he puts those lines on the arm, so that might even be some... Uh... What do you call it, man? Some some remediators? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it just doesn't add up. Like, they're, we're missing something in that panel, and I think that's maybe a correction of, like, we can't have somebody shooting... Good guys shooting good guys point blank. More of this wild color. Color's very strange in a few of these places. See, we're building toward the Brian Murray issue. Yes. And again, I kind of like that. Sure. It's, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's its own thing. You know, like this super saturated green with these, like, dark purple Shatterstar's visor has like weird browns and stuff on it. Now flip that page, man, and tell me who inked this page. Look at that. I'm with you. Look at that. That's a hundred percent. That looks totally like Eric Larson. Yeah. And I, I think both of these wow. pages. Pretty cool. This even looks like the Eric Larson from the Spider-Man era that follows McFarlane. So it would have been like a few, maybe months after this issue that, that Larson's doing Spider-Man and using these kinds of screen tones on it. Yeah, yeah, and this is. This I think is, you're. I think you're completely right. Yeah, this is inked by uh, Larson too. Like when he mm -hmm. has those like three point perspective. I agree. With I you. mean, both of these whole pages. Wonder where this is done. You know what? I like this team. <laughs> like if Larson was the regular anchor on Lifebound in good. this era, I'd have been on board. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's he. A little bit of cartoon and a little bit more solid forms. I think is what he's bringing to this. It's true. I think he will be a credited anchor in a future issue. It's really interesting. And and I actually I think that he's on this one too, but but it's a little less obvious to me. There's a little less to work with. Uh, it's it consistent. I, I think you're right, and I think it's all him. You see that screen tone again that I mentioned, which we don't see elsewhere. Some of the Kirby Crackle stuff. I think you're right. This is very much uh, an Art Adams built kind of face structure thing. Yeah, definitely. With the uh, the sort of shadow on the receding teeth like that, uh, the way those eyes are built in the the two uh, annuals, the, the um, New Mutants annual and the X-Men annual where they go to Asgard, you see a lot of that. 
Do you think the L boys are responsible for that boom lettering? That looks workmanish almost, doesn't it? Like, and you, and we know what, uh, it looks very Larson line. Larson, yeah. Like what Larson thinks of, uh, that kind of thing. So I think, I think you're onto something with that. And then we're back to Rob because he had that two page. Oh, this is a money page that he didn't want to, you know, he ain't going to cut nobody else in. Juggernaut looks so good here. Yes. I was pretty excited to turn the page and see this one because I feel like Juggernaut's a character over the over the years that has always looks cool. Like people just bring their A game to him. He's huge. He's basically a walking tank, and it's in evidence here. At least that goes back thirty years. Absolutely, man. And these big hatches, right? Like, like Rob is totally copying the lines that were down on his Post-it note roughs that were blown up with no added fuss or muss. Couple more of the let's make it a checkerboard. What's the impulse there? Yeah, I don't get that at That's all. That's bizarre. And of course, the next issue is the Twin Tower Takeover, which we do have a video of. I'm going to put links in the description below where you can check out the X-Force 1 video, maybe the new Mutants 100, and certainly the McFarlane-Liefeld collaboration uh, with the Twin Tower Takeover. You know, Todd's last issue of Spider-Man coinciding with issue number three of X-Force. But these, these are the comics uh, during the formative years where little Eddie P is like, you know what? I might have a shot. I might grow up and uh, make some comics because this feels this feels attainable. It's so abstract. If you look at the line art of Black Tom, like from the back there, yeah, very abstract the way that character's put together. It's it's true, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's there's a lot of floaty things happening there. You know, it's another one of those instances where we can pull out the the trace and and lay down some of that man because you got your neck here got the arm there's like this piece right here a little, little long but he's trying to sell you on it because he wants the head and the neck to come up beyond the uh the neck collar so jimmy second appearance of, of deadpool but here's the game we're going to play before rob liefeld goes to Image Comics. How much how much Deadpool did he put uh, out into the Marvel Universe? Uh, 22 pages an issue. You know, there I don't think he shows up in another uh, in another Rob X-Force. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think he shows up again. He definitely shows up in like Greg Capullo, Mark Pacella, all that stuff. So uh, with these two issues, man, 22 issues a piece. How many pages would Deadpool, you think, man? Ten. I was gonna 12. say I was gonna say fifteen. So let's let's play a game real fast, dude. Alright, I'll count issue two. Alright, man. We're going. Oh man, Deadpool's pretty deep in here. Yeah, he's more Deadpool in here than I thought too. No, he doesn't start off until page eighteen. One, two, three, four. Five, six, and he gets dispatched in six pages. I got eight over here. So we got 14 pages worth of Deadpool in these first two appearances. There, there's certain stuff that's in here that is consistent with him, though. You know, Kane talks about how uh, he never shuts up. Right. He's trying to suck him into to this back-and-forth dialogue, you know, to distract him and make him lose focus. So, you know, the murk-with-the-mouth stuff is kind of here. And I don't know what else there is. You know, I mean, I guess it's uh, the Weapon X stuff that he recovers or, you know, can't be killed or whatever. Right. And you so, know what? It's actually 15 pages. Ah, right. Yes. I didn't count ahead of time. I was just a, just a, just a guess. But 15 pages before Uncle Rob is, is heading to, uh, 
Image Comics. It's one of those, uh, it's, it's one of the great stories in comics history. Like, I was watching Welcome to Wrexham, and it's Ryan Reynolds buying a soccer team. Yeah. In the credits is Deadpool. Like, in the <laughs> credits of this show, every episode you're going to see Deadpool in this show that seems to have nothing to do with Deadpool except Deadpool's everywhere. Yes. Yeah, Bizarre. fantastic. And, and I think Uncle Rob has a participation in that. Hey, I hope he does. You know, I wish that deal was the deal that all, every creator had. You know, I mean, think of the different attitude everybody would have towards Marvel Comics if everybody who contributed a character got a tiny, what, you know, what's the cut, a percent? Right. You know, like, think of how much different that Marvel Universe would look right now if people were encouraged of, like, I could be the next, I could create the next Deadpool. Right. You would have creators lined up around the block at Marvel being like, I've got all these new characters. Who do you want to publish? Who do you guys want to take take control of? Yeah, which is what Rob was doing But instead, the they went, no, that's too good of a deal. Can't give that to anybody else. Right. And now you've got people going, let's, you know... Just work with just the characters that already exist. When you take a look at those Marvel Universe or whatever, you know where it's like the poses, where it, it, it it's the three-hole punched um, mm -hmm. things, where it's like the front, side, back? When you go through all of those, and, and they would always make an effort, you know, they would come shrink-wrapped loose-leaf paper that you get to put in your three-ring binder. Uh, they would always make an effort to give you like one or two A-listers uh, per one of those, because there's so many fucking DCK-listers. Uh, you always could tell what the Kirby's are. Like, it's just natural. Yeah. Like, there's just such a intelligence to the d design in terms of color and everything. And you can see, like, what all the off-brand bullshit because it's uninspired. And the, and the creators, like, they know what happened to Kirby. So they're not, like, really putting forth the biggest effort to come up with something amazing. They're just like, whatever, because, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, Deadpool. Second appearance, X-Force number two. Super fun. Good to go, Jim? Yes. Okay, Faber's like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there, man. Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, two 40-page issues retelling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk are in comic shops now. And coming in early 2023 is the treasury-sized collection of Hulk Grand Design, about 40 extra pages, all oversized, remastered. Pre-order that now. Let your comic shop know that you want a copy so Marvel knows how many to print. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, is now back in comic shops after over a year out of print. I saw the new additions this weekend. I'm thrilled with them. If you miss Street Angel, pick it up. Eight complete full-color stories. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my work and download out-of-print PDFs of zines and mini-comics there. Going to be visiting Tokyo Comic-Con at the end of November. Uh, if you are in that region, stop through, swing by, say hi. Red Room, the Antisocial Network, and Red Room Trigger Warnings are uh, the current books that I have out on the stands. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Each of these books, completely self-contained, uh, each contains four issues, 70 pages or so of extra material that is not included in the regular issues, and I'm serializing new Red Room stuff on my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor, three bucks for the archive there, and you'll be able to get to all of these links in my link tree in the description below this video. Jimmy, what else do we have out in the wild? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, given those marching orders will be on our way. Read more comics.